0: This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys.
1: This podcast is made in collaboration with The Jewish Journal. Check them out at jewishjournal.com. Also in collaboration with Arutz Sheva, IsraelNationalNews.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit 2NJB.com donate. have always loved a good argument. From the oral teachings to the Talmud, the culture of arguing, making a point and then a counterpoint, is deeply rooted within the Jewish tradition. Maybe that's the reason that in recent years, under the radar, Israel has become an international juggernaut in the debate world. The debating clubs are thriving, and in international debating competitions, Israel is winning big prizes. Yoni Kohen-Idov is the world debate champion for 2019 and He's 10 de- and as 10 a, as a matter of fact both but never mind As both <laughs> what
0: 2019
2: and 2010 2010 for english a second language 2019 for world's master's title okay and uh, you're a debate coach currently working here in the u.s and in china uh, correct. I coach Team Israel, the national youth team of Israel. Tel right. Aviv University, Hebrew University, Bar Ilan University, uh, and I, I currently coach debate in China, and I coach some debate in the United States. Correct.
0: Give, give us the punchline. Though.
1: Wow. So maybe you know we were hoping to have you on the show, and maybe you could help Noor
2: be a little bit better at, at debating because uh, he's yeah. just awful. I too. can never
0: convince him
2: on anything. anything. Maybe maybe he is the problem though. <laughs> okay, I, I I'll have to assess the situation and see, but but chances are I I might be able to. You know. He did okay. convince okay.
1: me to do this podcast, so I guess right. that's my only achievement I guess in, in the life. Ultimate, yeah,
2: but uh, congratulations on this podcast coming thank on you, four you. years. It's it's lovely to be here. Right. Thank you for having me.
0: By the way, in China, they're having. Pro- I have a, a friend in China, and she's having a problem listening behind the firewall
2: yes i i'm very much aware of the problems of connecting to. so when you're there if you can bring some episodes with you
0: to i will spread around smuggle Smuggle them them in in my luggage (laughs) (laughs) smuggling (laughs) podcast episodes (laughs) (laughs) it's the drug trade of the future so uh, how does a kid get
2: to debate how geek do you have to be okay so you don't have to be geeky you have to be okay you have okay let's okay let's face the fact you have to be somewhat geeky okay (laughs) uh, let let me let me own that part (laughs) but the the surprising fact is that debating in israel is very very young debating in israel has only existed for 32 years now as opposed to uh, hundreds of years in in the uk for instance or or at least dozens of years in the in the united states and i was one of the first debaters in the country when the in, when the nonprofit organization that brought debating to israel just went around schools in the country seeking for how how shall we say it verbal articulate geeks uh, who, who would want to maybe learn how to argue and specifically in english because there were no israeli debate coaches we had to bring coaches from abroad or they had to bring uh, debate coaches from abroad to teach debating so in fact the first debating that took place in israel was in english mm-hmm. now we don't need coaches from abroad anymore we do it uh, mainly in hebrew but back then it was only in english
1: but when you debate internationally it's obviously in english of
2: course of course but international we we really think the bread and butter of debating in israel is is hebrew uh, of course the big prizes come from english because as you said international competitions are in english but we strive to teach the students of israel first and foremost the skills and proficiencies that debating awards and and empowers and improves and only then win prizes we are absolutely able to do both
1: can you have an interlanguage debate is can you go to i don't know can you have one side debating in chinese and the other side debating in english and have a translation
2: I, I'm yet to try that, but... It doesn't uh, exist. N- not yet.
1: So usually there's, they use the international... But I'm going to
2: say it's probably going to exist at some point.
1: Okay. And okay, so give us kind of like what a
2: debate looks like. What is this? I mean, right? Okay, so debating is, if you would uh, gratify me in define, defining, that, defining it that way, is a sport. It's uh, I call it a sport. Everything is a sport because, nowadays. No, I I, I call it <laughs> a sport because then I get to be a professional athlete, basically. Right, right. So it's a sport in which two teams argue about a topic given to them more often than not 15 minutes ahead of the debate. So there's wow. a difference. There's a difference between different countries and different formats, but the international format, you're given a topic 15 minutes before the debate. Now the topic could be. Something economic, it could be something uh, international, relation, uh, international relations related, it could be sports, it could be education, it could be science fiction.
1: How niche does it get? Is it like.
2: Well, it doesn't get too niche because it does not and it should not require expert knowledge on anything because it should be something that anybody's able to, or any reasonably intelligent person is able to argue. So it doesn't get too niche. It doesn't get. Uh, it, it won't involve something that only if you read a specific article or, or a thesis in a specific subject, you can argue, but you absolutely have to follow the news, for example. And sometimes it's not niche at all because it's not even news related. I think, so I, just a few months ago, I, I ran the Asian Schools Debating Championship. Our grand final was that we prefer a world in which people cannot tell lies. So imagine a magical world in which people cannot tell lies. Would it be a better world than ours or a worse world? There was a it? Sliders episode about it, that. See? that. So that was that was the debate in classic was your TV stance? show. Oh, I I was judging. Uh, you I, I, were I, judging. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so that that was the debate. My favorite one of my favorite uh, topics of all time because we uh, absolutely crushed Harvard University on that was that you should criminalize adultery. That cheating on your partner should be a criminal offense for which you go to jail which side you on? okay so so that's an interesting thing you get the topic 15 minutes ahead of time then you draw sides we drew four we do we drew pro we said that adultery should be a criminal (laughs) offense now oh okay so that's (laughs) absolutely the harder side to be on because there's a difference between saying something is bad and saying it should be a criminal offense. Yeah, yeah, of and course. we were extremely creative in, in debating tell that. Tell us, tell us. Okay, so, so I, think, I think the interesting point was the following. What I said to, to Harvard was, look, guys, if I were to strike you in the face, what damage would I incur on you, being f- physically feeble as I am? Maybe a short-term pain to your jaw that would pass within a few hours, maybe a couple of days. That's it. However, if you're my long-term partner and I cheat on you, the damages are humongous and various. And then I went on three minutes of listing the psychological and professional and emotional and even, f- and even and physical damages. And, and death? F- for sure. And, and, and future damages and present damages and so on and so forth. And, mm-hmm. I, and then I asked a simple question. Explain to me why the former that incurs so little damage, is a criminal offence named assault. And the latter, which incurs a hell of a lot more damage, is not a criminal offence. Now, in a debate, if you have a limited time to speak, Each, each speaker has seven minutes to speak. If you cannot engage properly or give a proper answer to the other side's argument within your speaking time, you lose the debate. They could not come back with a proper answer to that within their speaking time, we won the debate. Yeah.
0: convinced me i think we should uh, we should hang all cheaters <laughs> <laughs> but, so. but what what's the limit of the counter argument or c- could it be anything from morals to philosophy to i don't know or
2: do you have red in lines the end you have judges no so it should be in the end you have judges so for instance i go around the world judging debate tournaments that's what that's what i currently do i i mean i coach but i also there's a circuit of i would say a few dozens. Uh, adjudicators that basically are paid to go around the world judging debate tournaments because they're appreciated as, as good professional debate adjudicators. And it should be something that the judges would find persuasive. So yeah. If I'm be. a
0: Mormon and I'm like, I, court, I I say, I give the religious argument. Yeah, that's it. interesting. So that you judge something, the judges? That's,
2: something that, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's an interesting point. So any debate judge is supposed to be a neutral vis-a-vis the topic meaning they do not have an opinion about the topic itself.
1: And they shouldn't have an opinion or they should remove their they should, opinion? They should
2: absolutely ignore their own personal ah, opinion okay. about the topic. So for the time being, they do not have an opinion about the topic. And they judge everything else from the point of view of a reasonable, intelligent voter in liberal democracy. So you could argue something against liberal democracy's values, but the starting point for me as a debating adjudicator is I judge it from the point of view of a reasonable voter in a democracy. So it's
1: gonna be very hard to debate like, I don't know, uh, in favor of autocracy if there was such so a debate. So I
2: absolutely did that uh, a number of times <laughs> because, because, but because that's just the starting point. Again, if I give you a convincing argument against democracy, and you're unable to properly engage with it within your speaking time, then I win. And also my whole worldview crumbles. Uh, <laughs> so so that, that's actually a fair point. A lot of people say, so basically, isn't, isn't that, even, even some people say, immoral to argue against your own worldviews? And I say quite the contrary, because A, this is a game that's supposed to empower and improve your skills of of. like cognitive skills and rhetorical skills, of course, but also the values of listening to one another and dialogue and tolerance and mutual understanding. But also, if you don't challenge your worldview, then what is it worth, really? Mm -hmm. A worldview is only as good and only as strong as it sustains the challenges you pose to it. If you don't ever challenge your worldview, then I would say your worldview doesn't hold much water. So in that vein, would you be willing to debate any sign? no no absolutely not this, okay. some things are undebatable okay you will never I I don't even want to go to examples you will never get debate topics that any reasonable person would find absolutely atrocious you will you will not get it but politics but politics is fair game of course so I would I be would I be willing to debate something against my own political view of course I I have many times N- nobody will debate like pro BDS would you so so that that's a that's a an interesting, interesting that's like an interesting the, question because I have been involved in uh the campaign against uh, BDS for the past few years I've been working with uh, a few Israeli factors shall we say
0: You think uh, reason can help in the battle against BDS? I
2: think you cannot reasonably convince a bds activist but you can absolutely reasonably convince a student who had been previously convinced by the bds okay. yes. which is what we're working on or should i say um, someone is working on because i'm not allowed to say that i'm working on it so would i be would i be willing for the sake of the game to debate pro bds yes it's a game and again it is there to improve your skills. And again, it's there to challenge your own worldview in a way that sometimes, I would say more often than not, makes it stronger. And again, if you're afraid to challenge your own worldview, then maybe your worldview isn't worth holding. Let's sidetrack for a second for sure.
0: about, so give us like the best argument against BDS.
2: Against BDS? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there are many good arguments, oh, but uh, more
1: interestingly, give us the, the pro, best. The best no, argument no, Look, for. look
2: I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not going to fall into that trap, I'm <laughs> going to give you I'm not going to give you a pro BDS argument, but uh, an argument against BDS. That we like, haven't heard like a good. No, original I, I, one. no, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you you've heard. Uh, I'm I'm sure you've heard any, everything I have to say. The, okay. the question is, how do you pose it, really? Because, for for instance. Look, a lot of people, when faced with, uh, again, not BDS activists, but people who subscribe to BDS, so what they say, for instance, is the many good sides of Israel. What They they iterate the many good things Israel has to offer from uh, minority rights and gay rights and technology and so on and so forth. This is unhelpful. Because And many people think that's the right answer or that's the good argument. No, it's not helpful because you say, oh, do you know we have gay rights and women's rights and minority rights and we're a startup nation, so on and so forth? The immediate question is, okay, so why does a country that has all that go around doing allegedly atrocious things to to other people? Mm -hmm. So that's unhelpful. I think it's much more helpful to A. So, I, I would give you, you you want something original that you haven't heard i'll I'll tell you that before giving you the the actual argument. Do you know what's the first thing you're supposed to do when you encounter i would say somebody that subscribes to bDS but in on any topic, somebody that disagrees with you very strongly and you want to convince them of of your view, what's the first thing you do? Absolutely, almost always. I identify make with friends them. with them absolutely. I would say agree <laughs> w- i I would say agree with them on something. Some people would settle for acknowledge their their view, meaning oh i hear what you're saying, i would go much stronger find than that. find common ground. Find common ground. So Ethan, if you if you encounter bernie, yeah, should be like look man,
0: <laughs> find I love bernie. <laughs>
2: find something to agree on. You don't have to agree on everything. Right. But find something to agree on, then start from there, then show them the error of their ways after you've Pose yourself as somebody that is uh, a partner for discussion. Now, I would absolutely say uh, I would ask people whether they think that Israel is sh- Israel should be held to a different standard than other nations. Clearly, if they say it should, they obviously it, you, it's very easy to show them that they're morally uh, on like the more they're morally wrong. I would ask them if they know who BDS hurts the most which the answer to which is the weakest palestinians on the ground and insofar as they want to help palestinians then bds doesn't really do that it kind of does the opposite of that and i would absolutely ask if and and sometimes a lot of people say things and they don't know the facts, and then the tendency of people is to give them a history lesson. Tell them, oh, do you know that in 1967, blah, blah, blah. People don't subscribe to that. People don't don't listen or don't get emotionally, they don't emotionally relate to facts this way. Tell them a story, rather, in which you incorporate the facts, and they're much more likely to emotionally relate to the story and see your side of things. So yeah, I've I've done that many times.
1: Meaning rationalizing through sort of philosophizing, you would say, is more I effective would, than. I would
2: say rationalizing through s- storytelling is more effective than rationalizing through pure dry facts. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that like the way to get the debate, uh,
1: the debate sport mm-hmm. onto like you know prime time television would be to to incorporate the like wild views. I think yeah, it would probably. be interesting, you know, to see someone, I, I, and I know you didn't want to go there, but to see someone,
0: you know, uh, stand in favor of the Nazi view, like so, all right. the way out there. Or yeah. or under a chain, sex change under 10-year-old.
2: Yeah, that would never happen in the debate world, nor would I, nor would any reasonable person I know stand there well, and, and speak for cable like that. Cable TV, way. man. You okay. okay. never yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Emphasis emphasis being unreasonable.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> It could be like the uh, cheap version of the debate uh, sport. But okay, so tell us about... Uh, we,
2: I, I can tell you we were asked by Israeli hosts in the past. I think now nowadays when we've won so many international prizes and people are so much more aware of debating in Israel, it's much easier. But in the early days when debating was unheard of and we wanted to spread the world wor- word around, we were asked by Israeli TV hosts to physically fight as part of the debate. And we said, no, we're not going to do that. So, no, yeah.
1: physically fight, no. But wh- Okay, so let me ask you, why, why is it that there are certain clear limits to you? Meaning if if the, let me, let's me let take it to mm-hmm. the extreme, if what you were saying before that you, we should challenge our worldview, why not challenge it to the extreme?
2: Because I think, first of all, it's okay to challenge it to the extreme. I just don't think that you should articulate any challenge that you pose to yourself. I think it's okay to think about these things and, and hopefully you would reach the right conclusion. But I think articulating some challenges to very basic moral human values, is a very much offensive to some people. And honestly, honestly, in the name of changing my worldview, I would not want to offend victims of atrocious crimes, for instance. But also, some pe- some things are better left unsaid mm-hmm. because it just might give some people the wrong idea. Because for you and me, so. It's, it's clear that if I stand on the stage to get, uh, tomorrow and I debate something, it's clear that I'm playing a game and it's clear that I'm there in the name of intellect and in the name of improving skills and in the name of, of discussion and tolerance and so on and so forth. However, for other people, they would hear, forgive me for saying that, a rather persuasive speaker speak about absolutely atrocious things in a way that m- might... To some people make sense. They, I, I would say, just giving one person the wrong idea about one of these things, not worth it.
1: So, so arguing is a dangerous game. Uh,
2: it, it could any, Arguing is a tool. Debating is a tool. Like any tool, it could be used for good and it could be used for evil. And we're t- we try not to go there. We try not to use it I evil. guess Hitler would have been an amazing debater. You think so? Once again, not gonna fall uh, into that trap. I would say we're not trying that, to trap you. Oh, just... uh, I absolutely trust you guys. I, I did. <laughs> I, I mean, I do know you for like twenty minutes now. <laughs> but I would say I, I would I would point you this: there's an abs- there's absolutely a difference between a good speaker and a good debater. People who give really good speeches are not necessarily good debaters because debating is about not just speaking persuasively but also engaging in real time with the other side now if you have your notes and you and and you are able to recite a speech you had written in advance or you had thought about in advance and then no challenges are posed to that speech meaning nobody argues with you nobody ch- poses any questions you don't have to answer anyone then yeah you can do a heck of a job but then then again if you are faced with challenges and you're not able to address them or properly engage with them or answer them then you might be a really good speaker but you're not a very good debater
1: so tell us about uh 2010 or maybe the 2019 mm-hmm. uh uh world championships. And the where, where, to it?
2: yeah where well, where were the 2010 and the 2019
1: world championships
2: so the world's the world universities the, there's a world universities debating championship annually and every year it's in a different country, and there's a World Schools Debating Championship annually every year in a, dif- in a different country. By the way, just, just uh, as a little anecdote, some of these competitions in, in within my career have happened in Qatar, in Indonesia. Uh, I, I was, in fact, in Qatar with Team Israel in 2010 for the World Schools Debating Championship. Uh, it was a it, it was uh, it, it was a tremendous experience. Uh, we were so welcome there, and some people it was uh, for for it was the first time for them meeting Jews, not let alone Israelis, and they actually approached us and said, "Wow, we've been lied to all these years." It was absolutely amazing. But uh, world the, school
1: championships meaning uh, before university, like under eighteen, correct, correct, and then university, 18. correct, and you have to be a student at the university too or a student oh, the school, at the
2: school, yes. Uh, at a school, yes, correct. Yeah. But my, I won the World University Debating Championship in 2010. It was in Turkey. The grand, the 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 final topic was actually very interesting. It was about whether we should ban any positive portrayal of convicted war criminals. So as per your question earlier, I was I was I, I drew proposition, meaning I was for banning any positive portrayal of convicted war criminals. But if I had been on the opposition, then I had had to argue that we should allow positive portrayal of Hitler, for example. Not not necessarily support that positive portrayal, but allow it. But we were for banning it. And once again, we were very creative. We were able to equate positive portrayal of war criminals to active incitement and prove that positive portrayal of war criminals might lead to active violence, and we won the debate. Into, what do you actually believe in that on that topic I think it really depends on the context I think if you this if you if you don't allow any positive portrayal meaning even even of historical truth for instance you, you if, if you're not allowed to say to utter the opinion that Stalin for all his faults like many atrocious things that he did did for instance turn the ussr into uh, a great, a great empire uh, for instance or eliminated nazi or, germany or, or, for, for instance if you're not allowed to say anything positive then you're at the risk of weakening your own case against these people because clearly people can see that you're not being reasonable and you're denying some truth. And I think the harm of it is greater than the benefit. So is that it, would be my it, own opinion. Is it sometimes but,
1: difficult to keep, like,
2: uh, like sometimes do you lose sight of your own, you no, know what I mean? No, like, does no. it get confusing? Ever? No, no, absolutely not. Only, again, I think that sometimes you go, hmm, that's actually a good argument. That challenges your worldview and you then come out of it stronger Look, you either change your mind, rightly so, because your worldview has been challenged and you're unable to answer that challenge, so you might as well change your mind because that's called being a reasonable person, Mm -hmm. or... You answer that challenge, and you come out stronger in your worldview. So sometimes but never, your mind does change. Yes, absolutely, but it never gets confusing. It, it it never gets okay. I just said those things. Wait, I don't know what I believe in anymore. That 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 doesn't happen because because again, it's it's just a matter of being a reasonable person. Mm-hmm. If you if you have an opinion and you're presented with new information that should rightly alter this opinion, then great. And if it shouldn't al- rightly alter this opinion. And so your opinion becomes stronger. It doesn't get confusing. That has way.
1: that ever happened? I mean, I'm sure not on the extremes, right? Like we were talking about before. Yes. But has that ever happened where you've gone into a debate about something that's not so controversial? And you've made maybe an argument against an opinion you've held and you come out of it saying, so hey.
2: It, it hasn't happened from my own arguments. But it certainly has, has happened uh, from other people's arguments. So I heard other people who are more knowledgeable about some issues than me for for instance and i have changed my mind i think i think uh um prostitution would be a good example for example so so yeah i used to i used to be i I used to think that institutionalized legal prostitution was probably a net good uh, because a, a lot of the problems it solves and morally speaking and so on then i encountered a dutch debater from amsterdam in which prostitution is legal who was much more knowledgeable about the topic than I than I was, and she in the debate presented some arguments and facts that I had not known, that I had not considered, and I walked out of that debate saying, "Yeah, I, I guess I guess my opinion was wrong." That's interesting. Yeah. So debate is educational. Like maybe one. I I mean, it just turns out that it absolutely factually does lead to much more human trafficking. Uh, as, opposed to, as opposed to the argument that institutionalizing it and legalizing it would eliminate or fight human trafficking, it leads to the opposite. So that is, that is a very, very tough argument to counter, mm-hmm. uh, for instance. I want to talk a bit about practical ways
0: in which your skills help you solve problems okay. in real life. Sure. That, that happens quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> okay. So tell us about that. In Israel, like bet it's super efficient. Look,
2: right? I, I, would be, I, when a cop stops you, you're like, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be extremely honest with you. I, two hours ago, I, I needed uh, an urgent doctor's opinion. Uh, opinion. I needed an urgent uh, doctor's appointment uh, because I'm flying abroad for a few month, uh, months. Months in, in a week, and there were no available spots. I, I got the appointment. So yeah, I, I even though the, there were no available spots. So yes, that, and that happens quite. And a like lot.
0: your friends are reluctant to get into arguments with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, see,
2: I see. I see. My girlfriend over there says, uh, "We'll get to her, her w- in a w- second. Waving, I have a question. Nodding questions. her head, no. But my friends, as a rule, yes, they're reluctant to. to okay. Get which into re- arguments? Okay. The thing, thing is, I think I honestly think. That So so just getting this appointment is one example. But yes, debating is about so much more than arguing. Because I, as far as I'm concerned, I don't teach, I don't coach how to argue. I coach how to communicate effectively. It's not about arguing. It's about effectively communicating your messages. And if you know what to say, if you know how to say it, if you know how to deliver it, and if you know how to preempt and mitigate opposition then you're able to achieve a lot of things you want in life because it's really all about these four things. How can you
0: maintain a relationship, though? Because it is known that in a relationship, uh, you, sh- you should always say you're right, which is the antithesis <laughs> to debating.
2: <laughs> I, would right? say, I would say two things. One, it helps if your partner is also a former debater. Mm. Well, that <laughs> okay. Is she? Ah, oh, no. uh,
0: oh, okay. <laughs> she
2: she 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 did a few debates. She okay. she did a few debates. But but more more uh, to the point again it's not the antithesis because debating is not about arguing. The the game is an argument. But the skill is about communicating effectively. And mm. once you're able once uh, and I would say two things. One, look but but it's, like, it's like everything look, you say, sc- you convince no, me. No, <laughs> it's look. scary though because
0: it's like dating a psychi- psychiatrist. You know, you always feel he sees under your skin. He knows your Nobody's next move. So first of point. all, look,
2: f- three points. First of all, if 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 I may, three. If I may yeah. present three arguments. Okay. One, I'm very <laughs> fortunate to have an extremely, extremely intelligent girlfriend, and. Uh, and i i don't believe i have the intellectual inv- advantage over her okay. so so that makes for lo- makes for an easier life because she's not insecure in any way that's one however generally speaking it's not about arguing it's about communicating effectively and my two former girlfriends uh and who are absolutely irrelevant uh let's let's just acknowledge that uh <laughs> my two former girlfriends were two world class debaters and people heard Non debating people heard that and say, Wow, you must be arguing all the time. Quite the contrary. Because we know how to communicate effectively, we could avoid many misunderstandings and I would say unnecessary conflicts that many couples fall into. And lastly, and this is hugely important, debating makes you more self critical. You're far more likely to admit the other side is right and you are wrong, having debated for many years, because after every debate, what happens? You, you debate. You give your seven minutes, eight minutes of speech. Then you hear other people speak. And then a different person says, okay, you lose because you did not reply to this, this, and this. This and this arguments were not convincing. This was completely off topic. and it is. And you just sit there and take it. And it becomes a second nature to you to a receive f- feedback and criticism about your own thoughts and articulation but also you then tend to internalize it you tend to be more self critical you tend to say yeah I, I i cannot tell you how many times i walked out of a debate and so so uh, same is true for my colleagues and friends saying oh man we really spoke some bit nonsense we we like we we were really bad in this debate. We, <laughs> we just talked nonsense for seven minutes just now. So it makes you more self-critical and more likely to admit that the other side is right. I would say that any partner of a debater would benefit from, from their Maybe partner being a debater. Maybe couples, instead of going to therapy... They should go to debate specialists. You, uh, you have no idea how many couples are formed in the debate world, and they're good, steady, stable couples because debating makes you more self-critical and wow. and and communicate more effectively.
1: But you can't help the fact that there's the emotional element in a relationship. Oh, so but how yes, I does I, th- but how yes, do you? But yes, I can. But yes, I can. <laughs> okay.
2: Because because <laughs> because once again, if you learn week in, week week out, or in the case of some people, day in day out how to make r- rational arguments receive feedback rationally without reacting emotionally and admit that your argument did not make sense and the other person's argument makes more sense then i wouldn't say look you you become a robot you don't neutralize the emotional factor but you absolutely mitigate it and you're able to say look i am absolutely very pissed right now but you're making sense and and I and I, and I can acknowledge that and that's something that debating uniquely gives you yes
1: so let's let's talk about that for a second like
2: because because your livelihood and your mm.
1: world is kind of is rationale 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 I wonder if if like your world view is that rationale is the uh, you know the highest level of kind of uh, you know living life like you should always turn to rationale or is sometimes pure emotion the way to go or do they play a game or is it kind of like like you said you have to mitigate
2: emotion that's a really interesting question first let me say that it is my belief that the best way to communicate with someone or to again effectively communicate is through a combination of reason and emotion it's not pure reason pure reason like emotionless pure reason is not does not an effective communication make so that's one thing however when you when it's time to make a decision i would absolutely say you shouldn't neutralize your emotion but more often than not you should listen to the rational your rational side more yes i would absolutely say that i think that just leads to better decisions in life so, tell us a bit about 2019. Where was
1: 2019? Where did it take place and how did it go down?
2: Uh-huh. So, 2010 was in Turkey. That Back then, I was an active debater for Tel Aviv University. Tel Aviv, uh, 2019 was when I won the world's master's title. So, that's for veteran debaters. That's a side competition for veteran debaters who are no longer active debaters, but who would still like to win some things. So, it's actually kind of a humorous competition. It's a debate competition uh for any intent of purpose and purpose but it's more humorous topics. So for instance the final was th- whether debating does more good than bad <laughs> or the other way around. I was opposing I said that debating does more good than bad actually, which is not which is the less funny side to be on. Yeah. But yeah, we were we were able to to be funny about it because I think my main argument was that if debating does more good than bad, because if we didn't have debating, then all the douchebaggery of debaters would be unleashed onto unsuspecting people <laughs> that are not debaters. And that would be... And society ab- would collapse. Exactly, exactly. No, that that, was, that would be a, a moral atrocity. <laughs> so
1: it's like a, a valve to like... Yes, absolutely. Channel. So that, that
2: was our main argument, yeah. Okay. okay, but let's get to the real issue here, why we brought you here for
0: sure. for some tips... I'll tell you my biggest problem when, when debating slash arguing with, with people um, usually from the left side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it gets to the point where they their arguments are ad hominem, mm-hmm. that's how you say it in English? Mm-hmm. Uh, arguments. So, uh, what do you do to prevent that and once it happens, they like, when they call you a fascist or uh, not emotion like you have no compassion and stuff like that that is from the world of emotions what what do you do then give me an argument tell me something in that in ethan help us out here
1: you want me to give you a controversial one no uh,
0: give me a real life example um okay i'll give you in a life an example i think
1: this is uh
0: i uh it,
1: it was on it was on i mean it wasn't this the is, is also the not emails. A good from this the email is, we got. What is about
0: that about the poor? About helping about uh, okay. Yeah. Go what?
1: For, go for. Ah, helping the poor. Right. I don't remember what the context was.
2: I, I know so that there was an
1: ah, argument, but, okay. but this isn't a good example because it's on social media, okay. which isn't a good platform to F- really. Fair think. enough. No,
0: so, no. I ha- but I have one. The one okay. we about you said about uh, health insurance in in America. Mm, right. Okay. Should you get? Should should is is the American
2: health system? Good or bad? Okay, that that, that question requires some knowledge and, right. and some facts. But look, whatever you tell me, if you if you get, if you bring me an ad hominem argument, mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is, once again, first I'm going to agree with you on something. Okay, I'm going to find something on which I can agree with you, even if I don't agree with the uh, essence of your argument. I'm going to find something to lay common ground between us. Okay. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Then. I'm sorry, is the ad hominem against me? or Against, yeah, against okay. me in the argument. Then I will say this. Look, I, first, I agree, look, uh, no. First, let me say I absolutely agree with you that X and Y. Uh-huh. This is not something that is controversial between us. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're right. I think you're right. Notice how, I'm, I, how I use personal language in saying I think you are right. I'm not. I, I. don't think your opinion is right. I don't think your view is. right. I think you, Na'o, is right. That's mm-hmm. very psychologically effective. Secondly, I don't believe I am a fascist or whatever you call or whatever you would call me. But I would ask you to do something that's rather dif- difficult, which but I think can be done. Let's so even if I were. I would really want you to try and answer the what I'm saying, even though I may be a fascist. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Look, maybe I'm wrong. But but the only way to discover if I'm right or wrong, is to deal with what I'm saying, regardless of who I am, or what I am. So here's what I'm saying. Here's my argument. Forget just for one second, whether I'm a fascist or not a fascist. Just answer me that. Okay, okay. That's nice. And I would say, from there, now mm-hmm. now l- notice a few things. One, in, I, 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 again, I'm not selling a magic potion. This does not work 100% of the time in 100% of the situation. This is not snake oil. However, I just increased the likelihood of, A, you not seeing me as the enemy, I, I didn't I didn't it's not a hundred percent. But I increased the likelihood of you not seeing me as the enemy. I increased the likelihood of you engaging with me. I increased the likelihood of you listening to me. And I I decreased the tension between us. And I increased the likelihood of you focusing on the argument rather than rather than on the person. Lastly, and this is crucial, now the burden of proof is on you. Meaning look who has after what I've done just now, look who has to do the explaining. Mm-hmm. It's you. It's not me. I see. I I made an argument, but it's you who has to deal with it.
0: And and another problem I I face sometimes is with people who who demand sources for any factual argument I might mm. I might come up with during. And it's it, it's like Milchemet It's like a, a war of attrition, right? Mm-hmm. You
2: know. Yeah. So, what do you do with those? So I would say people so look, I would say two things one some people are not worth your time and energy mm-hmm. so for instance in the in the fight against BDS you we are we never ever try to convince BDS activists where t- we try to convince the people they are trying to convince so some people are just not worth your time and energy if they would not if, if people would not acknowledge basic facts I would say go do something more fun however insofar as someone is is someone is someone is willing to listen to you and willing to be influenced and willing to be persuaded, then I would just play a game of assumption. I would say, okay, you know something? You're right. I should, I absolutely should get all the sources for all these facts. I don't have my phone on me right now. It would take time to Google. I don't want to disrupt the conversation. Let's just assume for just one second that these facts are correct. I'm gonna tell you something. After this conversation, I'm going to Google all of it. And if anything is incorrect, I am going to have the honor and the guts to come to you and say I was wrong. But for now, just for the sake of the discussion, let's assume these facts are correct. Tell me where you stand on this. For instance. Okay,
1: Yeah. The people that we talk to probably would laugh. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, a lot of people, okay. right, would la- with would, would say, "Well, then I'll assume that my facts are correct." Okay, right, and then and then you don't have so, which brings me kind of to my to my next question, which is, I so, there's a difference between and like you mentioned with the BDS, right? When you're you are both trying to convince mm-hmm. the a, a third party, right? Can I'm sorry. Can yeah, I just sorry. answer what you what you said? Yeah.
2: this this really strikes a chord with me. If they laugh. And they said, let's assume my facts are correct. Sure. Because I think yeah. the the most Im- the more important thing is, given the validity or invalidity of the facts, where do you stand? Mm-hmm. Now, let's say your facts are correct. Okay? Then here is where I stand. Yeah. Now, for the sake of discussion, let's assume my facts are correct. Tell me where you stand. Now, let's find out the facts. Yes. But let's agree that whoever, whoever has the correct facts, then the stance is, is like, yeah. no, I think okay. it's a, it's a great argument. It's a great point also, and it's true, but I
1: just think that a lot of the people that get engaged in these kind of arguments aren't, like you said, interested and probably aren't worth the time and effort. Try agreeing with them first on something. Yeah. So I, what I'm wondering though, is yeah. that, is that some, a lot of the times you, you're, I mean, the, the, the dynamic of a debate Mm-hmm. And the dynamic that you're describing with BDS is where you're trying to you're both presenting your arguments to a third party and the third party judges, mm-hmm. right? It's someone who might be convinced by BDS and now yes. they can switch sides or the judges at a debate. Yes. But is there's there's something very different about the dynamic when you are actually if you were actually have to convince the, the other, other side, side, the other debate team. Is that I mean is
2: what's the difference in the dynamic there and in- That that's a really great question. The I <laughs> I am known to be a very aggressive and a very sarcastic debater. So I often, I wouldn't say ridicule, but I, I, uh, I have good fun with, uh, with the other side trying to convince the judges. So, for instance, I would often show how flawed the arguments of the other side uh, are. I would often uh, take their logic not to the absurd but stretch their logic in a way that shows that their logic is 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 invalid and basically I, I would yeah i would i would very i would be very playful with them trying to convince the other person i would do the exact opposite as i said i would first agree with something they said i would be extremely respectful i would acknowledge actively acknowledge m- that i might be in the wrong and i would i'm going to say that so that they know that I'm leaving room for doubt here, and that I'm a partner for conversation. I am going to use, as I as I uh, mentioned earlier, personal la- personal language positively, and impersonal language negatively. Meaning, anything negative I'm going to say to you, I'm not going to say the word you. I'm not going to say the word you're Eitan. Wrong. I'm not going to you. Yeah. You will never catch me saying you're wrong. You will ca- maybe I might say, look Eitan, I think you personally, are right about this and this and this. I think you are making an excellent point. I think the information on which you base your opinion might be flawed. We should check that. I think maybe the, the base assumption uh, that your view is based on, maybe that could be changed. You will never hear me say you're wrong. You are right. Uh, the base assumption of your, of your view might be something that we should consider. I feel like we owe, owe you some money. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. But uh, I, I, I yeah. have a really, okay. I think that,
1: I think that this is uh, extremely relevant to, mm-hmm. to Israeli society because yeah. for a long time, I've been uh, asking myself, why in the world there isn't, and there's been, I think, I think the last one was between what oh, B- yeah. Bibi and the Rabin, and Rabin in Paris, Paris. 96. Um, in 96, why isn't there a culture, because there is a culture of arguing, as we pointed out, and obviously we are extremely good at it, why isn't there a
2: culture of political debating in Israel? Excellent question. So for the last, <laughs> excluding the last two elections that happened in a row, let's let's treat that as one. I, for the last four elections, I've been trying to set up a debate between the candidates. I can tell you for a fact that every single candidate said yes, with one exception. Can you guess the exception? Bibi. Yes, because of what happened in 1999. In 1996, uh, Netanyahu in Paris debated for the last real debate that took place in Israeli politics. Netanyahu came out of nowhere to crush Paris in the debate and won the election on the hair. And then in 1999, there was another debate. There were three candidates, Netanyahu, Mordechai, and Barak. Netanyahu and Mordechai showed up for the debate. Ehud Barak said, yeah, I'm not coming. Ehud Barak won the election, thus establishing that whoever has something to lose, whoever is leading in the polls, I'm sorry, let, let me let me rephrase whoever is leading in the polls only has something to lose by taking part in the debate. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, whoever leads the polls refuses to take part in the debate. I can tell you that in 2006, when Olmert was leading the polls, Netanyahu begged for a debate and Olmert refused. Ever since then, Netanyahu has been the favorite in every single election, and he is the only one to refuse a debate. And, so it's it's and and the the interesting thing is yeah. when in t- 2015 in the UK when David Cameron the reigning prime minister said yeah I'm not going to show up for the debate there was a public outrage and he did show up for the debate and here we just don't view it we 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 have a as you said we have a culture of arguing we do not yet have a culture of debating and that is Something that we are working to change through education in universities, through education in schools, someday, not far from now, not 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 long from now, our debaters are going to make it into the Knesset and into uh, key positions in the Israeli society, and we will have a culture of debating in israel. It's just it just takes time real quick. is Israel a world debating giant Israel is a world debating superpower of the last decade? We t- ten years ago, we were not much to begin to, to begin with. Now Israel and specifically I would say Tel Aviv University is considered one of the strongest countries in the world and, and specifically one of the strongest debating clubs in the world. All the best judges, all the best debaters, European champions, world champions, chief adjudicators of world championships and European championships. They all come from Israel. And I say I, I'm I'm gonna say we did something that is now being learned all around the world. The reason I'm in China right now is that they want to learn what did we do in Israel that 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 we did so right.
1: That's interesting. So uh, uh, do we have time for another question? Yeah? Okay. Um, Just check the camera. I'm underneath. wondering, because you've been to places like Qatar, mm. Turkey, China, mm. if you find that, and maybe this is far-fetched, to assume that, that you could uh, find any correlation. But I wonder if, there, if you find any correlation between less liberal democracies mm-hmm. um, producing less skilled debaters.
2: Hmm. That's a really cool. good question. I think maybe in quantity, but not in quality. Because in quantity, it's, it's harder to debate in countries like that, for sure. But those who do make it are really, really good debaters. And what I love about the debating circuit, and why I think debating is so important, even internationally, is that in the debating circuit, all the look, all all the all the rainbow fantasies they come true. Meaning, in the debating circuit, nobody judges you based on your ethnicity or religion or gender or nationality. I can tell you that last European Championship, uh, a Qatari team that it, that. Was allowed to take to uh, to take part in the European Championship, refused to debate an Israeli team. They were kicked the heck out of there, because in debating nobody judges you based on your born traits. But holding and these and co-
0: championships in countries like Qatar is a bit absurd. You argue in, in the values of Western society in dictatorships. Yes, it's
2: that, weird as hell. And that and that look. Sh- is it morally absurd? Yes. However, is it practically beneficial? Also, yes. Because as I said, <laughs> At least as that. I said, it was the first time these people ha- have ever met Jews, let alone Israelis. And they came to us and they literally told us we, we had been lied to. There are no, there's no, I, I don't know of any Iranian debaters. Um, I don't know of any international debate taking place in Iran. However, Pakistan, Indonesia, Kuwait, Lebanon, Palestine, um uh, malaysia yeah all of these countries are regularly take play they regularly take part in the in international competitions
1: on the other right. hand canada hmm. does canada have
2: canada is strong not as strong as it why could be. why can't yeah, why why, why i just why? feel like they wouldn't because really have so apologetic <laughs> yes they're, they're very sorry yeah, yes. right Exactly, they're very, yeah. yeah they're, they're not as strong as they could be maybe because they are so sorry for... Yeah, they're so sorry for, about... For arguing everything. with you, yeah. <laughs> sorry about... a boot About, about, about yes. everything. Okay, um, what can we plug before we end this episode? I would say if your school doesn't... Look, we have only been having the school's pro, uh, debating program for 10 years now. It's still very young. Universi- debating in university is very young. I would say this. If your school doesn't have a debating program, then... Let's try to have a debating program in your school. If you go to a university and you don't know if you, that your university has a debating uh, society, it does. Go there and debate. If you think it could benefit you as an individual, even as an adult, just give us a call. A- anybody and everybody can benefit from debating, wh- and of course individually, but also on the societal level. This is something that is hopefully going to one day change the face of Israel for the better. And we can do this, we're working on it, and we're happy to help you wherever you are if you want to partake in it. How too. can people contact you? Uh, I mean, if you just Google Yoni Kohenidov, you will reach me, but also kohenidov.com. Amazing! Awesome!
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for coming, for taking the time, and for joining. Thank us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really.
2: really, really fun, and and again, congratulations on having an awesome podcast, guys. Thank, thank you, thank
1: you. you. But before we go, okay, we uh, we have a collaboration with uh, the Jewish Journal, actually out in L.A. jewishjournal.com. dot mm-hmm. um, So they have great they have great uh, content, great columns, great podcast. Shmuel Rosner, David
0: Suisa, check them out, guys. jewishjournal.com and. And also we collaborate with Arutz Sheva. They're at israelnationalnews.com. They also have great content in English. So go to israelnationalnews.com and their Facebook page and check them out. And we accept donations. Mm-hmm. So please go to tunjb.com slash donate and help us out because we do this on our free time. And that is it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so
2: much for having me. You. Bye,
0: guys. Bye.